are listening to The Weekly Wrap-Up with your hosts, Marcel Abood and Will Thompson. Hey guys, and welcome to the Clean Sheets Weekly Wrap-Up, where we look at all the news, results and reviews of football in New South Wales, all the way from the NPL 1 down to the State League. I'm your host, Marcel Abood. As always, with me is Will Thompson. Hey guys, pleasure to be here. Hey Will, so how was your weekend? Uh, yeah, look, wasn't too bad. Um, bit of rain over the weekend and... Didn't manage to get out to any games, but uh, yeah, how about yours? Yeah, pretty good. Uh, watched some football over the weekend with uh, the Matildas with the Copa America, so I think the less said about that, the better. But Definitely. on a more probably interesting note is the results that happened over the weekend, especially in the NPL 1, and a certain under-20s game featuring Ghazi Auburn. Um, and before we get into that, Will, hit us with some news. All right, so a couple of transfers as the window wraps up. Uh, Bonnie Reek has signed Jack Fulton. Um, Parramatta FC has signed Edward Stewart. He joins from Rydalmere. Uh, they have also signed up. They've picked up another one, so a double signing for Parramatta. Mark Simington, who goes from Bonnie Reek across to Paris. So MPL 1 down to MPL 3. Now, that's not the first player we've seen do that, which is uh, pretty interesting, but stay tuned as to what's going on there. Rockdale City Suns has signed Nikola Tineski, artistance at Sydney United and Manly, and Trent McLenahan, who has recovered from his ACL injury from last season. And probably the biggest signing of them all um, actually happened down in MPL 3 with Glades Ride Magic. Uh, they signed Dim- sorry, Demetrius Sialmus, uh, a Greek star who has played with such clubs as uh, he's played with AEK Athens, um, he's played with uh, P.A.S. Janina, um, Panionios, sorry if I butchered those pronunciations, but, um, a few big gloves there, especially, um, especially playing for Athens a, a couple of years ago, so pretty big signing. Yeah, and he scored a hat-trick on the weekend, didn't he? So it's a pretty handy pick-up by the Gladesville side. Yeah, it comes at the right time of the year, so, um, absolutely huge for them as they're pushing on for promotion. Excellent. So with that, we'll move on to results that happened over the weekend. We'll start off with the NPL one as always. Um, the match that uh, actually two matches that I want to focus on this time um, both involve five new uh, five goals uh, scored by the away side. So the first one I want to discuss is Mount Druitt Rangers picking up a five three win over Sydney FC. Now that's pretty substantial um, in terms of the league because Mount Druitt have almost secured safety in if we consider them in the club championship. And Fernandez with a hat trick and Palyovich with his debut goal for the club. Yeah, pretty handy win by the side. Um, came at a really good time when they really needed as well, as you said. Uh, going to be absolutely crucial for safety. Not sure how they're going to go pushing on for final spot. Um, currently sitting in eighth, you know they're only one win away from uh, from the top five. So who knows? That, that was definitely a very handy win to pick up. Yeah, so Palovic uh, looking the good so far in the season. I think it's probably one of the more surprising signings um, in the transfer window, but it looks pretty solid for the Mount Druitt-based uh, side town. Um, the other. A match I want to discuss is Apia Leichhardt Tigers win over Rockdale City 5-1 away to the uh, Elidon Sports Centre. Now, 
Parisi with a double, Payne with a double, and Simmons with a goal to round off the absolute drubbing of Rockdale. What are your thoughts on the game? Uh, yeah, pretty crazy. As you said, two doubles there. Another one of those players could get a hat-trick. Uh, Parisi again in Team of the Week, absolutely deservedly. He'll be in Team of the Season for sure. Um, and pretty interesting to note that Rockdale against Apia just can't get it done. So their last five meetings, uh, obviously 5-1, Apia 4-0, Apia 8-2, 4-1, 5-0, goals to four in the last five meetings. That is, um, yeah, that's outstanding. And I can't think of any other similar, I guess, dominances, if that's even a word, by a team against another team in recent years. Now, I'm struggling to think of a side that's been so dominating, so domineering over another side. Like, as you pointed out, only four goals, four and over 30 goals in a, against. I really can't think of another side that's so powerful against another. What do you put it down to? I, I don't even know. You know, is it that Rockdale just can't figure out up here or uh, that, you know, I guess Arthur maybe just really show up against Rockdale. It's it's really yeah. hard to figure out because it's over yeah. it's over five games. That, that's what I don't get. It's not like it's one year. It's over a couple of years. I think uh, Arpia just proving way too strong for Rockdale. And do you see uh, Rockdale getting the wood over Arpia anytime soon? Maybe in the next year, or or think this trend is going to continue? Uh, look, I think trends usually continue. Um, this one, I definitely think will. Maybe if they're lucky, they might hold them to like a one nil win or maybe two next year. But um, no, I think it's going to continue for for at least another year or two. Yeah, seems so. Um, now some other results in the round. We've got Wollongong Wolves defeating Sydney Olympic two 0 with Lachlan Scott at the double. Uh, Blacktown City defeating Manly United one 0 at Lily Home Stadium. We have Sydney United fifty eight with a late late goal um, to secure a one all draw against Sutherland Sharks at the Sydney United Sports Centre. And we have Hakoa Sydney City East picking up perhaps a surprise one-nil win against Marconi Stadium. Sorry, Marconi Stallion. Sorry, at the Hensley Athletic Field. Now that's probably the surprise, one of the surprising results of the round. Hakoa picking up uh, three points um, against Marconi, who were started off pretty well at the beginning of the season, but now they had that bit of a dull, and now they're rising, and now you can see they're kind of falling a little bit. Yeah, they're really seeing that lower to mid table. Um, 19 points again, only four away from a final spot. It's it's really interesting though. You sort of, if you have a look at the table, so you've got Wolves out in front on 36. They move to Arpia on 31. And then you've got these clubs, you know, 27 for Blacktown. You move down, so from third to eighth, there's only seven points in it, so not a lot there. But even then, when you go back, uh, nine and ten are both on 19 points. And even Sydney FC not completely out of it yet on 14. Hakoa down on 10. Uh, 13 away, maybe a bit too far from them uh, for finals, but it's really sort of congested right in the middle there. So as I said last week, you're going to have sort of, um, you're going to have half a dozen or so clubs vying for that fourth and fifth position in the finals. Uh, fair enough. Um, now, Hakawa with that uh, three uh, three points in their win, it only puts them four points behind Sydney FC. They still, fin- they still finish bottom of the table at the end of this round. Um, Sydney FC, um, can they avoid last place come season's end, or do you think that it's Hakawa's for the taking? Um, no, I think Hakawa might just 
drag up out of it. Uh, Sydney, as we know, lost a few players over the um, at the end of the last the transfer month. Window. Yeah, transfer window, all that. So I think they might continue their slow slide down. Um, and as you said, Hikawa getting the win over Maconi. Like it's not like Maconi's a pushover team. You know, they've got six wins to their name, uh, scored thirty-two goals. They've got some great players playing there. They've got a pretty good active support in La Stella at the moment. Um, so, yeah, if, if they can, you know, come out and and get another win next week, Sydney FC, um, you know, it's it could come down to the last couple of games as to who takes out that bottom spot and not that anyone wants to take it out. But it's looking, Hakoa uh, have Apia and Sydney have Blackdown, so I suspect that both those sides would lose those games. But, um, yeah, it will be really telling over the, sort of the next two, three weeks. Yeah, look, me personally, I think it's still Hakoa for the, for the drop. Um, I think with their club championship standings, which we'll get to a little bit later, doesn't bode too well for them. But if we're considering just the ladder itself, I think uh, Hakoa Sydney City going to finish at 12th come season's end. Um, we'll move on to the MPL2 um, with a few results um, going by. Wandering White Eagles, 4-1 against St. George FC. Blacktown Spartans uh, losing 2-1 at home to Mounties Wanderers at Blacktown Football Park. Northern Tigers and Spirit FC with a entertaining 2 all draw at North Taramara. Western Sydney Wanderers with a 3-0 win over MacArthur Rams. Canary Bankstown, uh, St. George City FA beating the Berries 2-1 at the Crest Athletic Centre. Central Coast Mariners defeating Rodney Lions 4-0 at Valentine Sports Park and North Shore Mariners defeating Hills United 2-1 at Northbridge Oval. Now, Will, out of all those results, which one of those uh, stands out the most for you? I'm going to say the Sydney, uh, sorry, the Western Sydney Wanderers win 3-0 over MacArthur Rams because, as we know, top of the table in MPL2 is pretty competitive, and I think that result is going to make the end of the season very exciting for the MPL2. Uh, that and also North Shore Mariners win over Hills. Uh, I think most results sort of went the way you'd expect to. Um, you know, no one was expecting Canterbury Banks down to beat St. George City. Um, no one was would have expected Rydalmere to beat Mariners. The the Tigers and Spirit draw is pretty interesting. So if you have a look at the table at the moment, Mariners have uh, jumped into first place with that win on 36 points. Hills have been pushed back into second um, and then you got Spirit on 33, Wanderers on 32. So it's all kind of... It, it's it's really hard because, as I said, there's no standouts to me and there's no surprises either. Now, I just want to point out, with the Western Sydney Wanderers win, 3-0 over MacArthur Rams, all three goals were scored by Mohamed Adam. Uh, he scored 15 goals in 17 games. Not and a bad achievement. That's not a bad achievement for a youngster. And with Western Sydney Wanderers, the A-League side, looking to build um, their attacking front, it wouldn't be a bad pickup just to put him in the side, not as a starter, but, you know, to get a f- uh, first-team experience because this player is definitely one for the future. Yeah, and as we were saying last week with uh, having Bridge over at um, over at Mounties, uh, being around those first-team players and sort of getting that crucial experience is a great way to uh, sleepfrog your career. Um, and if he spends time with um, with some of those senior boys there, uh, it could really do wonders for him. Yeah. So um, I echo those thoughts exactly. Now, 
Wandering White Eagles picked up a 4-1 win over St. George uh, FC at Bonnerig Sports Club. That's a massive three points for the White Eagles, especially because they were hit with the points deduction at the beginning of the season. Yeah, pretty crucial for them, both in club championship standings as well as on the table. So playing themselves into a finals position now um, in sixth. So they're, you know, they're within 10 points at the top. Their first grade side isn't doing too badly. But again, just that middle section of MPL2 is so congested. Uh, from 6th through to 10th, you've got a four-point difference. So you've got five clubs there vying for that spot. And then 5th is only another three points off of that. So we're seeing a real congestion there once again. Um, obviously, then you've got your four bottom teams with all... The, and it's funny, so all those four are definitely looking down the barrel of relegation. Um, and also, you know, if you're just based on, on first grade table as well, it's looking pretty accurate. Yeah, and I just want to point out at the top of the ladder, you've got from first, second, third, and fourth, only separated by four points. So you've got North Shore Mariners on 36, Hills on 34, Spirit on 33, and the Western Sydney Wanderers on 32. So it's literally almost like the toss of a coin who's going to finish at the top here because one result, one slip up, one draw from any of those four sides, and we can be looking at a completely different top four come next round. Exactly right, and if you have a look, so that two-all draw that I was saying between um, Tigers and Spirit, that, you know, is definitely, that could make a difference come season's end um, as to who gets a home game, who doesn't. Uh, That two-on win by North Shore, they won through an own goal, so that could really come back to bite Hills in, in in the behind um, once again, come season's end. So it's a game of, I guess, really tight margins where almost every kick counts. Um, every point counts. When it's this close, you need to win all the games. And speaking of being close, well, not really, uh, Central Coast defeating Rodomi Lions 4-0. Now, Rodomi have made some massive signings in the mid-season transfer window, but they haven't really kicked into gear. I can't exactly remember the last time that they won comprehensively. So what's the deal with Rydalme? Uh I think it's just going to take a bit of time for the side to gel. Um, I'm not sure what the culture's there, culture there is like, but uh, you know, after they got promoted, they, they did pretty well. They came mid-season, uh, sorry, mid-table um, from memory, and yeah, not a bad little club, but just really starting to fall, and they really need to kick it into gear. Because they are relegation threatened, am I, not, am I correct? Uh, yes, they are, yep. So we need. So I guess the people in Rotomi need to really get their act together if they want to stay in the MPL too, because they are a very ambitious club coming from State League all those years ago, and look where they are, trying to, you know, pushing their way through, but maybe they need to focus a little bit more just to keep um, their... They're literally their place in MPL too. Yeah, their last win came against St. George FC back on the 11th of May. Uh, they drew with the Brands as well before that, lost to Mounties. So they've got, what, one win in the last 10 or so games. So, yeah, really got to kick it into gear soon um, and fast. Oh, fair enough. We'll move on to the NPL 3. Um, it's always goals are plenty in this league, um, as we mentioned last uh, last episode. So we've got Hawkesbury City defeating Dunbar Rovers 2-1 at David Burdenshaw Field. Parramatta FC with a victory, a 2-0 win over Sydney University at Melita Stadium. 
Samuel Hawks with a 3-2 win over Granville Rage at Arlington Oval. SD Raiders picking up a 2-1 victory over Bankstown United at Ernie Smith Reserve. Inter Lions defeating high-flying Bankstown City 2-1 at Jensen Park. Camden Tigers with a 2-1 win over Dulwich Hill at Rondine Stadium. And the big one, we have Gladesville Ride Magic defeating the hapless Western New South Wales Mariners 6-3 down at Christie Park. Now, uh, Will, earlier you mentioned the signing of the Greek international. He bagged himself for hat-trick. Now, how important is a signing like that for a club like Gladesville at this time in the season? Absolutely massive. Probably the you know the the biggest signing by a Greek club we've seen in the in the last couple of years, um, and and signing a Greek at that. So pretty pretty big for the club there. But in terms of both ladder position and club championship, um, they're, they're keeping pace. They're only one point off the top spot for the Premiership. The race for that is so tight at the moment. One through to four. There's only two point difference. Um, but yeah, for for Glades for Ride, very crucial signing, and that could be the key to both the Premiership and their promotion hopes. Yeah, and even Bankstown City's loss against Inter Lions, which is almost surprising. It's like Inter Lions of the surprise packet of the MPL three this season. That loss actually sends them down into third um, on thirty three points, with Inter Lions not too far behind in fifth on twenty nine points. Stanmore Hawks on first with 35, and as you said, one point behind them is Gladesville Ride Magic. So it is pretty tight in the MPL3. It's probably, as we mentioned last episode, probably the tightest league in if we talk about the footballing tees in New South Wales. Yeah, I think so. Uh, as you said, so top four, two points difference. Um, and then, so you got that, so you got that sixth spot. There is a six-point gap there, so this is where it starts to get a little bit more significant. Um, you're sort of seeing that breakaway pack of your top six sides compared to the rest. Um, Double Chill and Camden, Dunbar, Hawkesbury, all still in the conversation. 21, 20 points apiece. Um, so not too far away, but they definitely need some wins soon. Bankstown United, they've been... Uh, I'm, I'm not going to say a standout, but they've been a pretty big surprise for the MPL3, I think. And I think a lot of teams may have misunderestimated them. Yeah, I think with them as well as Inter Lions, they too, they're the two teams that, not that anyone expected nothing of them, but they're punching above their weight, and it's actually really showing. Both teams in contention for the finals position, only two points between them in the table. And I think, you know, when it comes down to it, um, it's going to be a, it's going to be a tight end at the back end of the MPL3 season. So who knows who's going to end up there? All I know is that Western New South Wales Mariners just, Literally can't seem to catch a break with a goal difference of minus 43, sitting on six points. Yes, that's, that's pretty massive. And I guess the other result that we maybe should talk about is uh, Parramatta getting that 2-0 win over Sydney Uni. Pretty crucial for them in a time where uh, they've sort of been really lagging behind where they expected to be at this point in the season, I think. Um, you know, if you ever talk to, to Basher or any of the players... So the season, you said, look, 16 rounds in, where do you expect to be? The answer would not have been 12th. Um, they they definitely came to the season think they are going to be a top half of the table side, and it's just not happening yet. Well, as we said, maybe they just need the time to gel a couple of signings or big signings in the middle of the season. Um, maybe now they're starting to click. Who knows? Yeah, it seems that it's starting to click at the right time. So 
hopefully for the Parramatta faithful that uh, the signings can gel probably quicker and that they can get their points because they were actually hit, again, one of those other teams that were hit with a points deduction. So if you were to say that Parramatta came into the season normally, that that would be far from danger. But you know, this yeah. is the reality of football in New South Wales, and you know you have to play the cards that are given to you, whether you consider them uh, fair and just or not. That's it. Right, fair enough. And with that, we'll move on to the State League, everyone's favourite uh, league. I love this league. Love it. Um, speaking of high score lines, we've got Central Coast United battering Ghazi Auburn 9-1 at Plume Park. We've got a draw between Hurstville FC and University of New South Wales, a nil-all draw down at Seymour Shore. Nepean FC picking up a 3-0 win over South Coast Flame at Cook Park. Bowman Tigers with a very surprising win, 4-1 away at Fraser Park, to Fraser Park. And Western Condors and Hurstville City Minutes was playing a very entertaining 4-all draw at Choppin Park, and Prospect United having the bye this round. Now, there are two games for me, Will, that stand out. Yep. We've got Central Coast United and Ghazi Auburn with a 9-1 win. And we've got the Western Condors and Hurstville City Minotaurs. We'll leave the Central Coast game till last because we're going to extend on that just a little bit later. But I think one of the most surprising victories is Balmain against Fraser Park. Now, how big of an impact is that going to be when it comes to the end of the season? Uh, pretty big, both in terms of table and club championship. So... If Fraser had won that, they would have stayed on top of the table. Um, and that was crucial for the club championship. We'll get to shortly. Um, but this league, like, apart, I guess apart from Central Coast seemingly winning everything at the moment, you can't really pick who's going to beat who. Um, it's literally anyone on any given day can pick up a win. That's it. And you look at the top two. So you've got Central Coast and Fraser, 38 and 20 points. Then three, four, and five, well, actually, from from three down to to tenth, you've got nineteen points down to fourteen, so five points in it. That those last couple of spots for the finals, absolutely up for grabs. Anybody can take it. Um, still a number of rounds left. We've got uh, seven rounds to play for a lot of clubs, um, eight for others because that buy. But uh. Yeah, it's it's there for the taking for whoever wants it. All right, and we've got Central Coast United absolutely belting FC Ghazi Auburn, everyone's favourite team, 9-1. Now, I think with that result and with Fraser Park losing, you know, unexpectedly, I think this the league belongs to Central Coast. And I think we're going to see them next year in the MPL 3. Uh, quite definitely. They were very unlucky to miss out last year, but it's it's definitely theirs. And it'll be interesting because they're going to go back-to-back in terms of champions, at least for my mind. Um, Fraser may have something to say about that, but I, I definitely think they're going to do the double, get the premiership, championship, and promotion. Um, now, yeah. now, that uh, their club championship standings comes on the back of a very good under-18s and under-20s results. Now, None so more than Central Coast under-18s defeating FC Ghazi Auburn. Not 1-0. Not 10-0. Not 20-0. 23-0. Now, I want to repeat that again. Central Coast United under-18s defeated FC Ghazi Auburn under-18s 23-0. I'm pretty sure whoever was leading 
the uh, the club song in the sheds afterwards would have lost their voice getting to that 23. <laughs> that is absolutely insane. Like, at half time, it was 13-0. Now, Will, I understand that you're going to go on a bit of a rant about this. Um, 13-0 at half time, if you're a coach and your team is down 13-0, what do you do? What do you say to those boys on the squad, on the field, you know, to combat in the second half. What do you do? What do you say? I'm, I'm not sure there, if there is anything to say. You know, you, you can't really say chin up. You know, they did it to us. We can do it to them. Um, you kind of just have to say, look, let's just throw it all out the window and have some fun. You know, maybe take your keeper out and let him play up the field or uh, or throw your strikers back and defenders. I, I don't know. But, and the story goes, so Garzi only had eight players, and the keeper was actually um, a regular outfield player. Uh, I've heard for most of the season they've only had 11, um, and they've brought in some players that sort of aren't up to scratch. So I think questions have to be asked about the administration at uh, at Garzi as to their recruitment process um, and what they're doing. So I'm, I'm not going to say anything bad about, uh, about the coaches because it's obviously not their fault. Um, the players as well, you know, if, if you're playing with only eight against a quality side you can't expect much out of it but definitely you know and i understand they've got no juniors so it makes it hard to bring up players throughout the club and this is one of the problems we're seeing and this is why i for at least my mind they're going to be bringing in the rule that um all the clubs have to have a juniors program as well to combat things like this happening and I guess my rant goes into a second category, and that's against Central Coast United. Like, yeah, you won 23-0, but so what? Like, uh, uh, after six, seven, eight goals, what are you, you doing? You've surely, you sh- you've surely won the game. You know, at 6-0, 7-0, even 10-0, you've won the game. I, you, I've never heard of a team to come back from such you know, uh, a high scoreline. Now, I'm going to pose you the question. Let's flip this to the other side. If you're the Central Coast coach, you're up 13 yards at half time. What do you say to your players? Do you say take it easy? You know, we've won the, yeah. we've definitely won the game. Or do you say all out attack, batting down the hatches? Let's go for this. Let's see how much we can put against them. I, th- I think you definitely take it easy. You need to show a bit of humility, a bit of respect to your opponent. Um, you know, they they took eight players up there, and it's a fair it's a fair drive. Like, let, let's not kid ourselves. It's not like you know, guys, you're just heading across and playing a team in Bankstown or a team over in Western Sydney. But it, it's a fair trip, and have eight. You know, they didn't forfeit, so full credit to the boys there. But yeah, you know, surely you'd say go out, let's uh, just pass out from the back and um, and really take the foot off the pedal. He might, I don't know. You could offer to take players off and at least even up a little bit because, and football New South Wales say they're all about development. They're all about um, encouraging kids. That's why they're not counting scores in SAP. Uh, goal scorers aren't recorded in the 18s and 20s. That's a rant for a separate day. But where's the development in 23-0 for either well, side? Some some people argue that 23-0 develops character. That you know, <laughs> it'd be easy to forfeit. It'll be easy to say, you know, we're gonna lose. You know, let's just it's 13 nil. Even at 15, 16 nil, let's just call it quits. Some people I've read a few comments saying that it's the 
character development or play development men- mentally for them to kind of keep fighting despite the scoreline. You know, I'm I'm for player development, but come on, you know, eight eight players. You know, you when you have your keeper who is an outfield player, you know, it's it really boggles the mind at some point. Like I understand winning and winning at all costs, but yep. there is an element of respect that you have to show your opponent. Yep. You know. How many times can you kick? Uh, how many times can you kick a man when he's down? Well, and that's the thing. So I'm, I'm going to draw an analogy to a game that I played in last season or two seasons ago. I think it was two seasons ago. Uh, we only had eight there. Uh, I think we started with nine, but one of our players got an injury, and I was goalkeeper at the time. So we ended up losing. I think it was like eighteen to two. We we, we managed to flip two goals back. One was from actually playing up the field. The other one, one of our players took a shot from like 40 yards out and, and it hit the back of the net. But, you know, after it's like 10, 11, you kind of go, really, guys, like just really, you feel like walking off. Yeah, it is a like it is a pretty dire situation. Like earlier in the season, I went to see Hills United um, in the FFA Cup against Putney Rangers. That ended up 14-1. I can't remember. Yeah. It was pretty high... It was a pretty high scoreline. Like, and even then, you saw at the end, the players who were just putting in the goals were almost like they need the game to end as as much as Putney Rangers needed the game to end because both teams understood that there is a golfing class here. There is a massive discrepancy. And for the, for the sake of the game and the humility yeah. of the game, that it needs to end. So I don't know what I would have done if I were the coach, even for both sides, because you pick up, you, you've got a team who's down 13-0, game's dead and buried, and you've got a team that's ahead 13-0. So kind of, you know, you know what happens when the unstoppable force meets the immovable object? Uh, exactly right. So I think, you know, it, it's, it's definitely a topic to visit, and I don't know if it's going to get better with enforcing juniors. Um, it'll, it'll make it easier, you know, to pull up players from 16s to cover in the 18s if you need 18s to cover the 20s and whatnot. But um, I think something to be addressed in the future, perhaps, um, and or, or even as I said, you know, there should be maybe another tier to sort of separate um, the the three and four tiers a bit more. Uh, you could look at separating, like severing eighteens and twenties away from your first graders, but that's it's it's going to get really complicated if you do go down that path. So I think this result spells the end of FC Ghazi Auburn in the proposed MPL4. You know, they don't have a junior system, and I'm pretty sure with the stringent um, criteria that Football New South Wales are looking to implement, I don't think Ghazi Auburn will meet the criteria. Uh, yeah, highly unlikely. And uh, and as we've said before, they're either going to have to uh, merge or go back to the association leagues. Right. Yeah. It's a shame, but unfortunately, like I said earlier, this is the reality of football sometimes in New South Wales. As much as we love to hate it or hate to love it, this is what we have to face with. And that's it. All right. Any other things before we end off our rant, Will? Uh, no, that's it. Rant over for the week. A bit of a longer one, but that's what it is. And that's the rant of the week brought to you by Will Thompson. Thank you. And, and with that, we'll move on to the club championship standings. So, Will, uh, what have we got this week? Uh, so, Blacktown City has sort of increased the lead. They're up to 223 points. Wollongong was on 100 and... 
97. So still keeping pace. Really interesting to know that Blacktown City's uh, first grade side isn't doing as good, but they're under 20s, as we said before, and their 18s just killing it. Wolves, 18s. Um, there's sort of questions there to be asked as to what's happening. They have put a lot of money into their first grade program. They are after that premiership and the championship. Uh, so is that a case of they're neglecting the youth? Who, who, who knows what's going on there? Um, going down the other end, though, and Hakoa, they've picked up 15 points from last week, so they've moved from 74 to 89. Uh, Marconi picked up 6 to move to 134. And Sydney Olympic only picking up 2 points, so they're on 130. So there's a 41-point difference there between Hakoa and Olympic. Now, they did play the other week. Um, with Olympic winning, and that may prove very crucial when it comes down to the end of the season as to Olympic survival. Um, Sharks seem to have played themselves uh, into a position of survival, as have Sydney FC, Sydney United. They're all sitting around 143, 144 points, and Rangers as well, as we said. They look um, they look set to survive 146 points. But you've got, uh, I think, Sydney Olympic, the way that their form has been, really in danger of uh, yeah, they are. slipping. I was going to say, compared to their season last last season, 2018, they were absolutely on fire in, in, on all fronts. But now we've got them struggling literally on all fronts. So, you know, it's literally like a bipolar bipolar season for them, a massive two seasons of contrast. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting one. Um, have a look at the next couple of matches as well. As we said, Hakoa next week have Apia, um, and then they've got Wollongong Wolves after that, so I don't see them really picking up any points. Maybe the 18s and 20s, but definitely first grade, uh, Yeah, un- unless they can maybe fluke a draw against one of those sides. Highly unlikely they're going to move. Uh, City Olympic have Rockdale City Suns, so a pretty big matchup there, and then they have Manly United, so... Uh, Sydney Olympic really have to get a move on. They're, they're running out of um, of rounds to pick up points for safety, and Hakoa as well. They're running out of points to get for survival. Well, Hakoa and Sydney Olympic under 18s and under 20s still have to face off, even though their senior sides played last week. The under 20s and under 18s side didn't play, so perhaps when that game is when those games are played, it's going to play a crucial part massively for those boats for both those sides. Yeah, another nine points to be gained there. So if if that swings either way, it's going to be really uh, it's going to be really important for for both sides. Awesome. And so we'll move on to the MPL two. Western Sydney Wanderers have had their lead cut. Um, actually, sorry, their lead is been increased slightly. Um, they moved from two hundred seventeen to two hundred and thirty eight. North Shore Mariners from two hundred six to two hundred and twenty three. Spirit from 198 to 202. So you got these top two sides in Wanderers and North Shore Mariners sort of starting to really juke it out. Only 15 points in it. So it's going to be really interesting to see uh, sort of the further we go on in the season as to who's going to take out the promotion spot. Down the other end, and Kennedy Bankstown still lagging behind on 63 points. Nothing over the weekend. MacArthur Rams, 92 points. Again, a nothing weekend for them. St. George FC picked up six points to move to 103. And that sort of brings me into the uh, conversation now as to whether they might be relegation candidates only on 123 points. Uh, again, picking up nothing from last week. And Bonnie Rigg White Eagles up to 138 from their 126. So the team's sort of down the bottom... 
you've got your three standouts. Rydal me who people will be asking questions about, and Bonnie Rig, who aren't quite safe just yet. Um, definitely still a lot of work to do looking at who they're playing. Kennedy Bankstown have Northern Tigers. You would assume Northern Tigers would take out a majority of the points there. Um, MacArthur, they are playing against Spirit. Again, you'd expect Spirit to take that quite comfortably. Uh, the Lions have Bonnie Riggs. So that's going to be really interesting there as to who could go down. 21-point swing either way could, um, could have a massive impact on relegation. And last but not least is St. George, who are playing against... And I just had that up. They've got Mounties Wanderers, so again, uh, you'd expect Mounties Wanderers to uh, to win that one. Looking at the top, Western Sydney Wanderers have Hills. They'll be a very tough test for them, whereas North Shore Mariners are playing against Central Coast. So again, two matchups there. They'll have quite a big impact on end of season from promotion, um, and both the teams at the top have quite difficult opponents. Moving into NPL 3, and we have a new leader this week after Bankstown Lions slip up to into Lions. So SD Raiders have coasted into first spot on 224 points, a perfect round for them. And Gladesville Ride Magic not too far behind them. Going from 198 up to 216. So not quite the perfect round that they are after. But they do uh, stay um, They do stay within quite a, uh, quite a short number of points with SD Raiders. Bankstown City have dropped back to third, only picking up two points. So, pretty big movements there in terms of NPL 2, and quite a surprising one at that. So, SD Raiders and Glace Ride duking it out now for the uh, for promotion. And if you have a Glace Ride play against Inter Lions, who did just beat Bankstown Lions over the weekend. So, that'll be a tough test for Gladesville. Whereas SD Raiders, uh, they play against Grand Four H, so you'd imagine they'd get the full 21. So, very big games coming up for those two. Down the bottom, Grand Four Rage, Western New South Wales and Mariners, of course. Now, Paramount FC, one, uh, up to 88 points from their 76. So, their first grade picking up a win. The 18s and 20s not getting anything out of the weekend once again. Uh, very crucial that they start to pick up points if they have hope of survival. Uh, they're still quite a number off the pace. They're about 59 away from uh, Dulwich, who are in ninth. Uh, Camden Tigers on 118, and Hawkesbury City on 127. So Hawkesbury City definitely still in with a chance for survival, and Camden Tigers as well, not too far away. Parramatta FC, you get the feeling that they're really running out of points the further that the season goes on. Um, and I don't think that their first grade winning games is going to be enough for them. Um, but look, in saying that, their their youth sides aren't doing too badly either. So, you know, if their first grade side starts to really gel, maybe they can go on a run. I'm hoping in the next couple of weeks to devise sort of some tables to see who can mathematically be uh, eliminated when they're going to be. Uh, and we'll be able to bring that to you hopefully in the next couple of uh, of weeks there. So five to clubs going down, still not much of a change um, at the moment. And finally, turning our attention to the State League, um, you still got Central Coast United out in front. Uh, now, 
with Fraser Park, they did slip up to Balmain, so quite an interesting one there. And I don't know if there's much more to talk about, but yeah, Central Coast United just really um, breaking away with the league. It is a two-horse race. There's still a chance for Fraser to come back, but uh, for me, you're looking at um, Central Coast United playing in NPL 2 next year, and that's going to be really good um, as they sort of start to move their way up, and who knows, we might be able to see a local derby between Central Coast United and uh, the Mariners Academy side in the next sort of three or four years. Yeah, so it's interesting times coming up for the promotion relegation aspect in football in New South Wales. So, guys, uh, tune in. Uh, log on to the website in a couple of weeks when we post the article because very interesting to see you can go up and go down because those who are finishing um, in the top of the leagues on the on the ladder may not be the ones who actually get promoted come season's end. That's right. Uh, all the fun and excitement of football New South Wales. Right. And thankfully, or depending who you speak to, this is the last season that we have of the club championship in New South Wales. So next year, promotion relegation works as it does, you know, everywhere else in the world. If you come first in the ladder, you get promoted. Definitely makes sense. All right. Awesome. And with that, we'll uh, wrap it up probably a little bit earlier than expected. So, guys, thank you very much for tuning in and listening. Uh, Subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app. And don't forget to... Uh, contact us with any news, rumors, gossip on Facebook at The Clean Sheet. So, yeah, Will, that's pretty much it from us. That's it. Thanks, guys, for tuning in, and we'll talk to you again next week. See you, guys. (laughs) 